You're listening to the Karen 10 Podcast, where we bring our alumni back inside Karen University in just 10 minutes. Our special guest today is Dr. Daniel Master, a 1992 alumnus who is an archaeologist and professor of archaeology at Wheaton College. Dan earned an MA and PhD from Harvard and has published extensively. We will list some links to various things that he's written and is working on below the podcast. So we wanted to take all of our time here to get right into the interview. He spoke in chapel this morning, was a speaker today through the Center for University Studies, and has been interacting with various people from the university throughout the day, and he joins us now. Dan, thanks for being here. Pleasure to be here. You were a biblical studies major here at Cairn when you were a student, so how did you become involved with archaeology? When I was a junior as an undergraduate, I had the opportunity to go over and spend a semester in Israel learning geography and history. I enjoyed the experience immensely, and one of the things that it allowed me to do was to understand how the history, culture, geography of the land make a difference in reading biblical texts. I, I really wanted to follow up on this, and I had had the opportunity in Israel to visit a number of archaeological sites, so I decided the following summer to go volunteer on an excavation just as a student to get a sense for what archaeology was like and just to get my feet wet to understand what it was like to find things in the ancient world. So I headed off to Ashkelon in the summer of 1992. I didn't know what to expect, but what I found was a really interesting community of people who were committed to learning more about the ancient world through discovering ancient artifacts. I thought the work was very interesting. I enjoyed being outside. I enjoyed, enjoyed finding new things. And so I was hooked really from that first summer. And I realized that while I had been planning to go off and do a degree in history, which I, I did at Miami University, that all the time my focus was turning more and more toward archaeology as the more interesting way that I wanted to understand the ancient world. And so that finally led me on to continue to study um, archaeology and ultimately to teach it. I've really been able to follow this passion for now 25 years and it's really been a real joy. And was there, when you were first exposed to archaeological digs and that sort of thing, was there kind of a moment, was there some sort of an epiphany where something happened maybe where it really grabbed you, or was it more of a general kind of unveiling over time and something your interest grew in? Well, when you're on an excavation, you're working really long hours, you're working really hard in the hot sun for six or seven weeks. And so over the, that time, you start to develop close relationships, you start to get a sense for what you're good at and what you're not good at, you start to understand what it's like to be part of a team. And so over those first six or seven weeks, all of those things happened to me and I saw the way in which my interests really fit with the kinds of things that were going on in an archaeological uh, excavation. I liked being outside, I liked working hard, I liked learning new things about the past, I liked touching the past and seeing some of it in material form. And so all those things made me think that archaeology would be the kind of thing that I'd like to pursue. Um, but, you know, such, a, such an interest doesn't always result in a long-term career, so I wasn't sure if that's what I would be able to do. Um, and uh, we'll say 25 years later, I'm still doing it, and we'll see what the future yeah. holds. Well, that's really interesting. So how, how did that happen, that you had the interest, and how does that lead one, in this case you, into a career? How did that actually come together? Well, as I said, that first year that I was there, I realized that I enjoyed it tremendously, and and and... I guess I did a good enough job that they wanted to have me back, and so they allowed me to sort of join their 
a professional staff track mm-hmm. and and excavations are often like that you go as a student the first year and then if if it's something that you want to do and they think that you're good at doing they'll invite you back for another year perhaps to um, continue as a student or maybe after the third or fourth year to join the professional staff and so at that point you start to learn new things you start to learn how to uh, work with the recording system. You start to learn how to develop a team of your own students and work together in order to accomplish goals. And I thought that was very interesting as well. I thought that the excavation was a wonderful way to meet people, a wonderful way to be a teacher. Um, all those things were interesting to me uh, going forward. So, you know, in each step in the archaeological process, you are exposed to new kinds of things. And so whether it's the initial exposure where you're just working hard and trying to develop your dirt skills, or whether it's even starting to direct your own excavation and build a team of professionals who you work, you've worked with over decades or start to investigate new forms of technology and how they might make a difference in the archaeological field trench. All those things are things that are available at different stages of this sort of archaeological journey. And at each stage that I have encountered something new, I found it to be stimulating and interesting and something I wanted to continue with. You've taught a lot of students by this point in your career, and I I imagine they might come to you to a class on archaeology with maybe some of them have preconceived ideas about it that are not necessarily accurate. Is that the case? And in other words, what what can a student who has an interest in archaeology really expect to encounter in that field of study? Well, if there would be a misconception that I face most often, it would be uh, people who think that archaeology is going to be a good way to evaluate the historicity of events in the Bible. And, and while it is sometimes that as an archaeologist you find a particular event, it's, it's, it's quite rare. For the most part, archaeology doesn't really address specific events that take place in the Bible. They don't leave a material residue that even someone could evaluate using archaeology. Really what we find is that, particularly when you're looking at biblical archaeology, much more commonly archaeology helps you to see long-term patterns. Patterns in society, patterns in culture, patterns in subsistence. And by understanding those patterns, you understand sort of the underlying uh, cultural ideals of the people who wrote biblical texts. And that can be a really enlightening experience as you're trying to read ancient texts well. Can you talk a little bit about some of the specific projects that you've been involved with? Um, for the last 25 years, I have been involved with the Leon Levy Expedition to Ashkelon. Uh, this is a major long-term excavation that started in 1985, so before I arrived. Um, that has been a long-term investigation to a site that was occupied for thousands of years, so we've been able to talk about everything from the end of the Stone Age right on through the Crusades. And the chronological breadth of the site is very exciting because it allows you to talk to scholars who specialize in the Roman period, another one who specializes in the Bronze Age, and and have interesting conversations with all of them. The site's also been exciting because it has such a a breadth of trade connections. And so we find things from as far away from Spain, as far away as China on the site, and it really helps us to understand how the ancient world worked and how these networks work through time. So that's been really exciting. I've had the opportunity to do a number of other projects. I was able to participate in the late 90s in an excavation which uncovered Phoenician shipwrecks in the Mediterranean. And that was an exciting short-term project, but one that I think had some significance. And, and now I'm starting a new project. I'm starting a project uh, that is a long-term excavation of a site that's never been touched before. It's the site of Tel Shimron. 
and it's located on the Nazareth Ridge in Galilee, right next to Nazareth, and right overlooking the Jezreel Valley. It's, it's, a, it's an ideal location, and it's a site that we know was occupied from, again, the end of the Stone Age, right on through uh, modernity. And so we will be able to look at these long-term trends again and understand how the hills of Galilee connected to the valley, the Jezreel Valley, how the coast of Akko connected to the Jordan Valley. It's really at the intersection of a lot of trends that we're interested in, in understanding. Hmm. Why, why do you feel archaeology is important for a biblically-minded Christian to study? Well, I think a biblically-minded Christian wants to understand the Bible. That would sort of be part of the definition, I would guess. And, and in order to understand the Bible um, as it was written, uh, you have to understand the culture in which it was written. You really have to understand the language in which it was written, but of course we, we, were, we were able to cheat on that one because we have such good translators that have given us English translations. And so we sometimes imagine that that's all the work that needs to be done. And we forget the fact that these people lived in a very different culture with very different ideas and a very different geography. And so uh, I think that as a student understands archaeology and its contributions, they can bridge that gap and they can understand the text more clearly. They can understand it better. And so if a biblically-minded Christian is interested in the biblically-minded part, mm. understanding what the Bible has to say, then this can be a way in which they can better translate the ancient message of the text into their contemporary world. Mm. Well, thank you, Dan, for being at Cairn today and for taking the time to talk with us here. And thank you, alumni, for listening. The number of alumni and others whom we feature in this podcast has grown quite a bit. So I encourage you to visit cairn.edu slash media slash podcasts for a link to those podcasts, as well as other media content. And be sure to comment on those and let us know what you think. Thanks for listening.